Welcome to the Laugh Life Podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on living alcohol-free in a booze-soaked world. My name is Kelly Evans, and together with my friends, Tracy Georgievic and Lindsay Herrick, we share uncensored, unscripted, real conversations about what our lives have been like since we ditched alcohol and how we got here. By sharing our individual stories, we'll show you that there isn't just one way to do this. No matter where you are on your journey, from sober curious to years in recovery and everyone in between, you are welcome here. No judgment and a ton of support. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Laugh Life podcast. Tonight is going to be our holiday wrap up. We are getting ready to go into the holidays and Laugh Life is going to be taking a little break. So we thought it would be great to start off your holidays with something that you may end up ending your holidays with, and that would be dry January. So we thought it would be great to help the people out there after the holidays that want to consider doing a dry January by giving them some ideas and some tips on how they can tackle that. So tonight, that is what we are going to discuss. Welcome, ladies. Hey. Hello. Hey, this is episode 10. That's great. I was wondering, where did that time go? Holy! I know. So thank you to our listeners for tuning in for the last 10 episodes. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to take a little break, enjoy some holiday cheer ourselves, got our shopping caught up and spend time with our families. Then we will be back in the new year with more exciting stuff for our listeners, more exciting guests. Let's get into it, girls. I love this topic. You guys know I quit in December, right before Christmas, back in 2019, right? 2019. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm coming up on four years next month, this December. That was awkward. I've told that story before when I went to my mom's for Christmas Eve, like we always do. And I was given a nice big bottle of red wine. That was my usual gift. And yeah, I would say one of the things I would suggest is if you are going to be cutting back or you want to stop drinking for Christmas or this month or next month, one of the things that I wish I would have did because I didn't is tell people ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to this party or gathering, just letting people know I'm trying to cut back on drinking. So that way, when I got to the place that I was at, that anxiety about having to talk about it or share it for the first time would be a lot lower. Right. And that's something, yeah, that I wanted to touch on again too, Lynn's from the last episode. And that's a perfect example, how we talked with Jesse about hosting tips and to not be asking your guests as soon as they walk in the door, what do you want to drink? Instead, make sure you have a selection for drinkers and non-drinkers and make it be that they have control of their own choice. Just direct them to where those drinks are or where the bar is if you have one set up and let them make their own choice so that they're not in that awkward situation. And definitely, as Kelly loves to say, do not give booze as a gift. No. (laughs) And I've done it, guys. Like I've given bottles of wine and alcohol as a gift. So many good points were made. You don't know what state a person is when they walk in. Somebody could have just made the decision to cut back or stop drinking altogether because it's impacting their life in a negative way. And then you give them a gift of wine. Or like I've seen parents do that as teacher gifts, giving wine. Good. 
Well, you don't even know if someone drinks. That's the thing with strangers. Yeah, there's right. Same here. I've done it so many times at my last organization. I was given LCBO gift certificates from certain people. So everybody does it. But it was really Kelly, you who brought that whole scenario to light for me too, when you brought it up. And it's very true. And I think even if I was someone still drinking, you would have made me think twice about it after what you said about it, because it's true. Like Jesse mentioned, you don't even know if someone's pregnant, maybe, and they're not ready to tell right. people. Or trying or, to get pregnant. Why? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My struggle with alcohol was so private. I didn't share with anybody other than my partner and my best friend. Those are the only two people that knew how much I was struggling with alcohol. And yeah, there were times when I was going through the cycle of trying to moderate and things like that and making rules. But there were times where we said no alcohol in the house, like we'll only drink when we go out for dinner. And that was one of our things. We never had like wine in my house. It never sat there. I remember seeing things. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do with a leftover bottle of wine? It's what's that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just. You never know. There's so many other amazing gifts. There's farmers markets everywhere these Box. days and craft sales candles. and what? Candles, tea. And candles and tea. Yeah, there's so many other things to give or make something or I just think it's the worst gift you can give yeah. somebody. I yeah. can yeah. see now how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And that's Me what too. I hope. There's no judgment. Of course I gave alcohol as gifts too. There's no judgment to people who do it, but I love sharing about this topic because like you guys just said you wouldn't have thought about it before right and hopefully it makes somebody think twice before going and picking up a bottle of wine mm-hmm. go and pick up some homemade jams or have here in Winnipeg we have like local mustard smack love dab mustard honey. Like yeah, yeah, local yeah honey local jam I love it so on the topic of dry January or doing 30 days dry, which after the holidays, when everybody's overindulged, a lot of people are ready and prepared to do that. For a lot of people, it's a lot less daunting to think of doing it after the holidays than it is during the holidays. Kudos to you, Lynn's doing it before the holidays. Hey, Mind you, I did and so did Kel, actually. We both quit in November, right? No, Kel, you no, were February. You were after yeah. the holidays. Yeah. Did you yeah. do a dry January <laughs> but, before you quit? Or No, I didn't do. There were times where we would say, let's not drink this month. And we would go. So I want to say, I do want to say something about that because I was definitely abusing alcohol for a long time. And that, I don't think we called it dry January or whatever we call it now. I think we just decided let's not drink for this month. Um, And the fact that we could do it, uh, I was like, then I don't have a problem. So that's just like a word of caution, I guess. But I, I really see it as an opportunity to see how you feel and how does your body feel and how's your brain you're gonna feel really good but yeah I just wanted to uh, put a little word of caution just because you can go 30 days doesn't mean you don't have a problem because that was me that's one of the reasons why this topic kind of got brought up is how we approach it right that mm-hmm. a lot of people approach it as like a countdown to the day 30 when they can drink again, or like a nail biting experience. 
And that's really what we want to caution people away from as well, is to not see it that way. Like you said, Kel, make it about being really present and observing what is happening to you physically and mentally. And I'd say even write it down or keep a dry 30 journal. And yeah. maybe I every saw day. Somebody, I saw somebody start a Facebook group with their friends who do it. That's great. That's awesome. And there are a lot of support groups out there too, while you're doing it, that you could join if you're looking for that. Another thing that I was thinking about and that I had heard is thinking about re-scripting personally for yourself, changing the narrative on how we talk about it or see it too. Because we often see it as, oh, I can't have a drink. Instead of seeing it as I can't have a drink, Twist that around to something that you're doing that's healthy or a value for yourself. It's a choice you're making. Like instead of saying, I can't have a drink, say, I've decided January, I'm going to dedicate to my health and I want to be really clear minded in January. I've decided not to drink or whatnot. Changing the narrative on that. So it doesn't seem so much like a death sentence. Yeah, white knuckling it. And if you do drink on day three, then don't throw the towel in. Right. It's okay. It's okay. Start again on day four. Yeah. 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 There's going to be temptations and it's going to be hard. Don't do it as a punishment. Don't do your dry January or your dry 30 as a punishment. Do it as an act of self love. Yes. Yes. Oh, I need to cleanse. Or like I see it with people who diet. Oh, I ate too much over the holidays. So now I got to go on a diet. No, just love yourself a little more. I love that. I think too, for me, I can, I know I had such a terrible Christmas Eve the year before where I was blacked out, had to be carried in after my mom's. It was so embarrassing. People questioned like, why did you quit in December? That's one of the biggest drinking months, but I, I had to define my holiday, I had to come up with what is going to be the truth about Christmas or the holidays for me. And it's, I don't want to be that person and I don't want to be carried out and I don't want to be blacked out. I want to be present for my niece and nephews. I want Mm -hmm. to really like remember things. I don't want to miss Christmas day, which happened Mm -hmm. that last Christmas before the one that I said I was done what's your holiday truth? Define how you want it to go and then decide, okay, how did it go with alcohol? Is this going to align with how I want the holiday to be? Or is it something that I have to adjust my relationship with so that I can have the best Christmas possible? That's really good. Yeah. I had another note here that said, write a why list. Yeah. Write a list of your whys. Why are you doing a 30-day try? And what do you believe will be the benefits? Or what are you looking to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I even hate the word dry. Like it dry January. It just makes it sound so bad and like a punishment, right? Yeah. That's the other thing. I also had make it fun, right? Yeah. Have a fun replacement. Use this time to experiment with non-alcohol beverages, make mocktails. Or see it as an experiment. I did this when I got really fed up with the whole dating scene, the online dating thing. I just started seriously seeing it almost like an experiment. What am I going to learn and get out of this? I'm going to participate in this and then see what the outcomes are. 
look at it that way and make fun. I love that. I think to always bring your own drinks. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere. Even now, if I'm invited to a party, I have either a backpack or a little carrier and I've got my own stuff in there. Yeah, me, too. me too. So that I don't have to feel like, oh, there's nothing here for me. Or if someone's, what do you want to drink? I'd be like, okay, it's no, no big deal. Like, I don't need anything. I brought my own stuff, actually. Right. And that way you're never without those alcohol-free options. And I don't know, some people, it's a newer thing, maybe not as mindful or they don't really know what to stock or have available. So just bring your own stuff. And we all have one of these. These big traveler type of mugs. (laughs) Most of us do. Put whatever you want in there. Who's going to know, right? That's true. I know I go everywhere. With that, at minimum, I always have that if I don't have extra drinks yeah. I've brought myself. But yeah, that's what I mean. Be creative, make mm-hmm. some mocktails or bring stuff to make mocktails at the party and offer mocktails yeah. to other people. I've done that up at the cottage. I brought the Faragaya up to the cottage mm-hmm. and started making mocktails for everybody. You can always be, you can be the initiator of those things too. And be the person that's doing something different in a positive and fun way. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of it being the negative, oh, you're the one not drinking. Mm-hmm. In line with that, prepare a clever response. Yes. When you're yeah. asked why you're not drinking, prepare a clever response that doesn't include, I'm doing a dry 30. Have your response align with your goals. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a few of those. Are they sarcastic and passive? We're on the same page. I'm like, because I love myself. (laughs) Yeah, I've reached my lifetime maximum. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's 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 more of like, why don't you drink when somebody? Yeah, yeah, not You can throw some of those good ones out there, ladies. Yeah, totally. Maybe somebody wants to borrow some. I also, yeah, you can just say I'm not drinking tonight. That's like, right. This always comes up, but there is no need for an explanation. I think when we get anxious and we're not confident, like if this is a new thing we're trying, we've never done it before, then there's this feeling, the need to over-explain. It feels awkward. So that it feels awkward to us, but other people yeah. probably yeah. aren't even noticing. They don't care. And if they mm-hmm. do ask, all you have to say is I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. Trying a new thing. And two, don't feel the need to attend every single event that you're invited to, especially Mm -hmm. over the holidays. You don't have to go to everything. You can say no and leave when you want to. Have you guys, (laughs) like, I know I've been at events or parties where I'm just like, okay, I'm personally ready to go, but I feel awkward about leaving early or looking bad because I, I need to leave. But I think you really just have to have those personal boundaries if you're ready to go don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to say goodbye and good night and leave or step outside take a break yeah I drove everywhere at first oh I love that just so I could leave whenever I wanted yeah and I wouldn't commit to driving anybody home or anything like that like when the time came and it was time for me to go Mm -hmm. I would offer rides if I felt like it but yeah I wouldn't commit to anything staying late or driving anybody home or anything like that yeah now it's a little easier and and there's always uber yeah right if you don't feel like being there anymore just grab an uber yeah I love that 
That's a great recommendation too. If you drive, then you always have that in your back pocket. There's um, a lot of check stops out this time of year, right? Yes. So, yeah. So November, better to be January. safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, good point too. So just going back to being present, I also had take notice, like notice your habits and your urges to drink. Oh, yeah. This is also a time to really, if you're reevaluating your relationship with alcohol, to really take notice and then create new habits and routines as a replacement. So as soon as you notice what your triggers are, like for me, I know exactly what mine were. I knew before I even stopped drinking what they were going to be. As soon as I came home and started cooking, boom. Wine. Yeah, I was going to say cooking's a big thing for a lot of people. And then the other thing for me was as soon as I got the kids to bed. Yes. Oh. Yes. After or as that, soon like as you couple. sit on the couch and put a show on. Yeah. That would have yeah. been another big one for me too. So what would be like, yeah, what do we do? Or what do people do when those things come up, those triggers? For me, I completely changed my routine. Mm-hmm. I didn't come home and make dinner right away. I went downstairs and worked out. Right. I, I stopped that mindset right away. I'm so extreme. I would always put the TV on and get my wine. So I didn't watch TV for a whole year. <laughs> Wasn't there a chair that you wouldn't sit in for something? Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Wow. I stopped sitting in my chair <laughs> that I watched TV and drank wine in. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. No, but I think that's important, right? I like, needed to do it. I needed to. I like to call it the art of distraction. And this is yeah. where distraction is beneficial. I mm-hmm. say this is a key part of parenting. What do you do when your kid's acting up or your kid's asking for something or whining for something? You distract them with something else to get them away from that. And all of a sudden they'll stop doing it. It's mm-hmm. for me, that was the key was the art of distraction. Distract myself doing something else that was a healthier choice. And then I lost that mindset or focus of having the drink. Well, and Trace, you're also creating like a domino effect, right? Like the type of person who comes home and goes downstairs to work out, because obviously you still need to make dinner after that. Yeah. Once you go into the kitchen, you're going to make a healthier choice, hopefully. That is so true. I think too, finding ways to channel your stress, right? Especially over Mm -hmm. the holidays. If you're trying Mm -hmm. to cut back over the holidays, find those different ways to channel that holiday stress, yoga, go for a walk, work out read a book, meditate, meditate, do those different things instead of reaching for the wine or whatever your drink of choice is. And just breaking those habit patterns, those associations, take a different way home. So you don't have to drive by the liquor store that you normally Mm -hmm. drive by and pull into. I would joke and say my car just autopiloted into that parking lot Friday. I would be Mm -hmm. like, I'm not drinking this weekend and take the same route home every day. And there I already knew the store was coming up and without even thinking, I would just pull in and I'm like, I'm already here. Might as well get something like. Mm -hmm. And going back to what you were saying before, Linz, about not having to attend every event. If there are people in your life that you can't be around without drinking because they stress you out so much or make you feel so anxious, don't go to those events anymore. You don't have to spend time with these people. Or make it very limited. Pop in, say hi, do it on your terms. I love that. It goes back to the reevaluating, right? We're Mm -hmm. not just reevaluating our relationship with alcohol. We could be reevaluating our relationship with many things. And that can include people. 
Yeah. Right. Even if it's family, I think a lot of times you feel that obligation to attend things or interact with those family members. And I think we all have them where you're dreading or even in your friend group, you're like, oh, they're going to be there. You know, this is going to happen or they're going to get on my ass about something and you're going to be like, just give me the damn glass of wine or whatever. But you know what? You've got to protect your peace and your boundaries. And if that means you say hello and they start talking and it's triggering you, you might just have to say, you know what? I have to walk away and I'll catch up with you in in a few minutes or something or whatever. We can't be afraid to say no and just be vocal about what we need. Mm -hmm. We don't owe anything to anybody but ourselves. And we owe it to ourselves to keep our own promises. Yes. Um, So it's not going to be that person that's pushing you to drink that has to wake up with you the next morning. It's you that has to wake up with you and answer to those things and have a conscious and feel the shame. Um, You need to think about that. It's not about pleasing anybody else in these times. It's about taking care of yourself first. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing I had written down would be at the end of the 30 days, instead of being like, oh, yes, I white knuckled it it through the 30 days. I made it. And my reward is now alcohol. I think you really need to do a reevaluation, do a self-evaluation of how the 30 days went based on your findings and feelings about it, maybe delay adding alcohol back into your life and commit to keeping at least one new good habit. What kinds of things could we ask ourselves if we're doing a self-evaluation, just go over how we physically felt? And if you wrote stuff down, like we recommended, reread the journal that you've been keeping, right? Mm -hmm. Remind yourself of how you were feeling and the things that were making you feel good and the things that you did and the things you felt you were getting the most out of. Take note of how anxious or not so anxious you felt. Yeah, that's a big one. I have a question you could ask yourself. Ooh, let's Mm -hmm. hear it. How would my life be better if I brought alcohol back into my life? Oh, oh, (laughs) I'm trying to think back to how you would have been feeling at that moment. My first 30 days, like how would my life be better if I brought alcohol back? Well, it wouldn't be better. Exactly. (laughs) It would probably turn into a gong show again. That's such a good question. We can all, anybody who's still drinking alcohol is how does this benefit my life? Yeah, probably be hard to find reasons how it does, which could make the decision to do a dry 30 easier. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And And disclaimer, not everybody can just drop it and do 30 days, right? Some people need a medical detox and Mm -hmm. professional help. And And just get around people who are doing it too. There are literally groups Mm -hmm. out there that are created on Facebook for things like this that you can join and just get around the people that are going to support your decision. If you've made that decision, I'm not going to drink or I'm going to cut back or whatever that is for you. Make sure you have people in your life, virtually podcasts, you're reading books. They don't have to be like some people are like, all my friends drink. And then it's like the response that I say is get new friends. But that doesn't mean like in person, you can Mm -hmm. find these people on Instagram, you can follow certain accounts, like just get that around you and then look at how they're living, right? Mm -hmm. 
Because yeah. a lot of yeah. these people inspire you to stay the course and to. I needed to see that for sure. Yeah, I did too. I needed to see that people had done it for longer than me. And they were okay. And And they they were were okay. And they were still cool. (laughs) And they were still cool. Yeah. They were still having fun. And they looked looked really good. And their confidence is a thing. You get this confidence after a certain amount of time. And in the beginning, it's so scary and you don't really feel sure of yourself. And then it's easy in that point to give up and throw in the towel, but you just have to know you got to just go through it. The confidence yeah. is so key, Linz. I know. Yeah. I was just thinking about that earlier tonight, the confidence that it gives you. There's so much confidence just in being clear headed. Yes. That we underestimate when we are drinking. And our head's not in the right mindset and it's constantly numbed. It's amazing how much confidence is gained just knowing that you're going to wake up in the morning and feel good. I love it. Like the simplest things, you're going to wake up and feel good. You're going to be clear headed. You know that you're not in an altered state. You know that you feel good and you remember everything. Yeah, like it's the simplest yeah. things, but those simple things do create so much confidence in who you are as a person. It's a superpower to say no. Like I was thinking that too. Saying, yes, like yeah. it's really the more you do it, you start to feel really good. Like I'm standing up for me and what I need, despite what's going on around me, despite what everybody's doing mm-hmm. and saying, this is my truth right now. No, I'm I'm not drinking. And most people, we have it in our heads that we're going to get some big reaction and everyone's going to be like the record scratch, like when you say you're not drinking and people turn around and just stare at you. It actually, mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't experience never had that happen no like sure I had people say oh come on you can just have one I'm like no I don't want to I never said I can't or I can't drink this I don't want to how are you going to argue with that and that superpower that you're talking about I think you guys will both agree that is not just about alcohol it's taken other areas of our lives and given us confidence. No, that's what I mean. It's and, like yeah, all it's around. not just about drinking and going out and socializing and saying no to alcohol. It's every single part of my life is better because yes. I decided to not drink. That was the springboard for me. Yeah. That the sobriety, the living an alcohol-free life gave me the confidence to start living my truth in other areas or start holding my standards in other areas. When it's funny how it started for me, it was the giving up the alcohol. I say giving up. It's not really a give up because you gain so much. Mm -hmm. You feel like you think it might be a loss, but it's not. What you gain is so much more (sighs) than what you give up, right? Yeah. And there's no way I could have even imagined that. Like I I could not have, I knew it was bad. I knew I did not like myself at all anymore, but I never would have thought five plus years later that my life would be this good ever. I couldn't picture it. Part of the confidence is too, that you're not in a shame cycle anymore because it's the shame cycle that is really killing your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. So once that no longer exists, you find so much more value in yourself and it becomes clearer and clearer 
the things that you shine at. And like you said, Kel, yeah. it's not just the saying no to alcohol is the first piece of empowerment. But from there, it just bleeds into every other aspect of your life. Work, friends, family. You're so aligned with who you are and you become so clear about it because there's nothing distracting you from it. So well said. Yes. Love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It is. So I think going into a dry 30, whatever you want to call it, abstaining for 30 days, if that's what it starts out as, it's all about anything else that you're going to tackle in life. It's about mindset. And I think what we're trying to say is the mindset shouldn't be, oh my God, I got to give up alcohol for 30 days or that it's a death sentence or that you're going to be clenching your fist for 30 days and your end goal is to get to 30 so you can have that drink. That shouldn't be what you feel is the reward at the end of it. The reward should be all the things that you discover each day. You're carrying yourself through it. Yes. Kelly, didn't you have a calendar or something that you would cross off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just printed like monthly view and had it in my bedroom. And then I just would cross off each day that I, I decided not that. to drink. That feels so good to cross off. It's encouraging. Like, yeah. It's like visual. Yeah. I'm very visual and yeah, I've done a lot of tracking and goal mm-hmm. setting and stuff like that with work. So it just was a natural thing for me to do that, I think, but I'd recommend it. It, it was super encouraging. I love that. And they have yeah. apps too. They oh, have yeah. apps like Reframe. I don't know if you guys have heard or oh, seen no. about that app. Mm-hmm. It is an app that's designed to help you cut down the amount that you drink or go alcohol-free altogether. So there are things like that can help you moderate Because like you said, some people can't just do or are too afraid to do just cold, like I'm giving it all up all at once. Instead of having five drinks, I'm going to do three and then they keep cutting back. There's different things like that that can be helpful. Well, that's why I think it's great to, like I said, reevaluate when you come to the 30 days, because if you reevaluate and try to push it out, Mm -hmm. and keep some of the good habits that you established, I think at minimum, you might at least end up drinking less than you were before. Because I imagine you would just have a new awareness about everything and how you're feeling and how much you're spending. That's another thing that people could do too. We were spending like probably $35 just for alcohol every day. And then whatever snacks we had, and you guys know some of those were pretty extreme. Yeah. Track how much money you're saving and then do some, do something fun with it. Go to the spa. Yeah. That's okay. a great idea, Cal. Like with Use the, that as your reward instead of a binge yes, drink. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think maybe with your dry 30 journal, you should have the little piggy bank where you plop the money you would have spent on your bottle of wine or whatever. And I yeah, love and it. Calculate love it up it. at the end of the month. And yeah. yeah. The visual is amazing. I love visual too. I'm a very visual person. So I love that idea. And I think that's the importance of some sort of journal or writing down your thoughts and feelings during the process. So you have something to look back on because 15 days later, you might not remember that day one, you felt this and the progress you've made. It's easier looking back and writing. 
your fears about, I think I even did that. I have some journal things that I go back and open books I find and packing some stuff and getting my home ready for showings and stuff. I was like, oh, this journal. And I open it up and I'm like, oh, holy cow, the things that I would write or the things that I prayed for, Mm -hmm. the things that I was trying to manifest. And then looking at my life now, so if I was going to do it again, because I actually, I didn't do a journal when I stopped drinking alcohol, but I would have written down in there things holding me back from giving it up and, mm. and stopping consumption of it, like fears, things I thought would go wrong, things that I thought I couldn't handle. And then, yeah, just every day, a couple sentences. And then at the end, go back and read what you wrote on before day one or even on day one, and then write down how you feel at the end. Mm-hmm. I bet they would be, be so, it would be powerful. And I bet they would be so different that you, even that's evidence there that would build your confidence. Hey, I am better than I was 30 days ago. And I think even though I didn't write it down mentally, I did this and I was like, okay, it kept me going. I got to a point where I felt so great. I was like, I can't even fathom having another drink. I would feel like I would just undo all of it. That Mm -hmm. was, yeah. I think that's a good question at the end is maybe to ask yourself the hard questions of, Mm. was it really as hard as I thought it was going to be? Were people asking me why I wasn't drinking? Was I getting drilled? Was I getting influenced? Was it a cakewalk? Did I walk through it and nobody else really noticed? And like you said, Linz, evaluate some of those fears you had and were they diminished? What if it was super tough for somebody? Could you then evaluate it and see how you navigated it and came out the other side alive still? Like you didn't die, (laughs) right? Like you're still alive. How challenges build you, they help you grow. So if somebody is giving it up or thinking that they're going to have a really tough time with it, it could be a positive thing. It could help you push outside your yeah, comfort like zone. I did it I yeah, did it I even did though it. it was hard it was yeah. hard I navigated it maybe I had to cut some people out maybe I had to have really tough conversations that I didn't want to have maybe I cried in front of people that I was embarrassed to do that in front of or something but you know what those things probably needed to happen and it's taking you somewhere that's the mm-hmm. thing you can't see that far ahead but I think you just have to stay the course and the empowerment piece comes back in too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's another thing that's very empowering is when you do make it through difficult things without alcohol. Yeah. Like the first yeah. time you make it through something hard yes. and you didn't have to have a drink to cope yeah. with it. A wedding, that, a, a death, a, a separation. Yeah. Worse, go through it stress, Yeah. Kids, yeah. Job, like financial struggles. It's yeah. Yeah. And notice the difference with your kids if you have kids, because I think there is a natural presence that starts to exist that probably didn't exist before with your children. Oh, for sure. Like when Lindsay was talking at the beginning about how do you want your Christmas to be? I love Christmas and I loved when the kids were younger. My kids are older now. We still have lots of fun at Christmas, but when they were little, I was fucking hungover on Christmas morning. Like I loved watching them open their gifts and having big breakfasts and stuff like that, but I was dragging my ass. And Lindsay has said too before that 
one of the best gifts you could give yourself is a alcohol free Christmas, right? Yes. Especially if you have kids, because yeah. you're yeah. just so present. So present. It's yeah, that's it's such a gift for it's them. A, it's mm-hmm. so funny to think about what you just said, Gil, about dragging your ass, because <sighs> That's just, and I di- did a ton of shit on Christmas, right? Three kids, uh, like I was doing it all. Sorry, no, but that's what I notice is that the energy level in comparison when you're drinking and when you're not drinking. I feel like when you're drinking, the energy is just get me through the day. Yeah. You're dragging mm-hmm. your ass, like you couldn't describe it any better. Whereas <laughs> when you're not drinking, you just wake up, you're ready to go and you can yeah. carry that energy, you know, yeah. have your tea, have your ginger, yes. tea, have your, I, yeah, I love that. And I think your emotions are so much more balanced, regulated. Yeah. That's the other thing. True. So yes. True. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Gotta love those annual Christmas Eve fight cries. Those are great with the family, <laughs> the sisters. Uh sarcastic but that would happen almost every year somebody would get in a fight someone would get in a fight and be crying and oh man oh my gosh yeah it's it's amazing how those things don't happen when you remove alcohol yeah because I had my fair share of those too (laughs) anyways do we have anything else guys any last minute tips any other tips for the holidays in general my biggest t- tip is bring your own drinks. Mm-hmm. Tell people ahead of time that you're not drinking. So it's not so awkward for you when you get there. You don't have to do a bunch of explaining and write down or even in your mind to find who you want your holidays to go. I love that. Yeah. I would say you don't have to wait till January. Do it now. Cause I love everything that uh, you were saying about Christmas and being present and don't do it as a punishment because you've been drinking too much just do it as an experiment like trace said yeah for sure and if you're someone who likes a challenge no better way to challenge yourself than to do it now you're gonna grow you're gonna grow from it yeah i'm someone who likes to think that i'm usually up for a challenge so Mm -hmm. i do usually like to challenge myself to push myself outside my comfort zone so for me like I said, I quit in November, pretty close to Christmas, right before yeah. Christmas. So yeah. similar to Lindsay, but yeah. And you know what? I made it on the other side and I kept going. Yeah. I think that's all we can try to do. That's right. Take yeah. one day happens. at a time. One day at a time. See what happens. If you drink on day two, that's okay. Keep on keeping on. I'm keeping on. And just be mindful guys for the holidays. Because I know we have people who aren't necessarily alcohol-free that listen to our podcast and we love you all. Just be mindful, be inclusive, and don't put people on the spot about drinks. Exactly. Perfect. Give them cool options. Go to the sober market if you live oh, in God, Winnipeg or I Toronto. Oh, God. I say give them Kool-Aid. I was like, what? No. Or Kool-Aid. <laughs> mm, yummy. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink- <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole like. nother drug of choice. <laughs> that Kool-Aid. The sugar? Drug. J- jug. Yes. The sugar. Oh, the God. Sugar. Yeah. We'll have enough lots of, of over the holidays. Yeah. 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 And don't beat yourself up if you, oh, that's the other thing. If you give up, if you drink a lot of wine, like I used to, and when you give it up, you're going to crave a lot of sugar. 
So do not beat yourself up over eating some extra holiday treats. I think it's a win. You're not drinking the booze. You're not poisoning yourself like that. You're eating more cookies or chocolate or candy. Be kind to yourself. It's not cravings go away. I think, yeah, still a win. It all get out of your system eventually. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay, that was awesome, girls. And we'd like to wish our listeners a very happy holiday. We will look forward to connecting back up with you after the holidays and in the new year. And we can chat about some New Year's resolutions and what we have planned for 2020. Thank you again for listening. Thanks for tuning in for the last 10 episodes. It's been a great start to season three. You can follow us and we will be posting some content while we're off, of course. Follow us on Instagram at Laugh Life Podcast and in our Facebook community at Laugh Life. And if you want some Laugh Life swag, you can get some now. Or you can check out our new website at uh, www.laughlifepodcast.com. Until next time and 2024, keep laughing. Thank you for listening. Please give us a five-star rating, like, and subscribe, share on social media, and tell your friends. We love getting your feedback and ideas of what you'd like to hear on upcoming episodes of the Laugh Life podcast. If you yourself are living alcohol-free and want to share your story here, please reach out.